Yo, what's going on, people? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Top 5 with Dennis Botang, where I talk to dope people who do dope things, and I am an advocate for nurturing the culture. Now, I'm excited about today's guest today just because he's someone that I look up to um, from afar, you know what I'm saying, ever since I was in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, but even me making the, the transition to Richmond, Virginia, um, I still look up to him, you know what I mean? Uh, and we're going to be talking live here in the ESPN studios uh, to Sean Motley. What's going on, brother? What's going on, my man? Yo, appreciate everything, man. Definitely grateful for the opportunity. Hey. Like I say, man, it's up to us to educate everyone, man, get everybody up to speed, man, and put them on game. Without a doubt, without a doubt, man. And I appreciate you just taking the time to be here. Uh, for the ladies and gentlemen out there listening, man, this guy right here, uh, for lack of words, man, he, he he's a man that, that wears many hats. You know what I mean? Uh this guy's a DJ, uh, I want to say a brand curator, a brand manager now, you know what I'm saying, um, Yo. <laughs> out here doing his thing. Um, so you've done work at the Art uh, Basel, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. you've worked for G-Star, you know what I'm saying, Who, which is uh, uh, partly owned by Pharrell, you know what I'm saying, um, and now you're a brand manager at Sax in Fifth. Correct, correct. Dude, uh, brand manager. That that's good, man. I, I'm just saying, man. I mean, you living a life right now, bro. Nah, man. I, and honestly, it, it's all about being a jack of all trades, man. You know, by sinking one part, man, I got to pick myself back up with another part, man. So try to get my hands in a little bit of everything, man. Definitely, definitely, man. So, Sean, man, I like I said. Uh, in the beginning, I totally appreciate this opportunity to be able to get you to sit down with us. I know you out there in Miami, chilling by the beach, enjoying the breeze and, you know, the weather, the water and all that. Yeah, straight vibes, man. So, you know, I appreciate it. But as we're here, man, in our previous conversation, man, I feel like we just kind of had our own little uh, convo outside of this interview, man. Just we talked about how important it is you know, to push for your dreams and, and right. you know, go for what you want and not settling uh, for what others give you if it's not what you're looking for. And sometimes having those sacrifices, you know, whether you're going to pick to eat or put, you know, I mean, put, you know, fill up the put tank. Put gas in your tank, man. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we both experienced that. But I want people that just kind of hear your story, man, Um uh, where you from, how you grew up, man, and where you at now, man. I would love for just the audience to kind of, you know, get a gist on that, bro. All right, cool, man. Well, again, everybody, my name's Sean Motley, you know, coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, the city that does sleep. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, we, call it, we, we call it Naptown, man. But, uh, you know, I always say, like, Indianapolis is definitely home. You know, every time I go back, man, I got to see my family, my grandmother, my cousins, everybody's there, man. But, um, again, it was, it was, I always felt a little bit bigger, man. I think that's what always separated me uh, from the rest. You know, uh, for me, it was more so like Indianapolis is home. It's the foundation, but how are we going to turn things up or not? How are we going to, you know, reach new tiers? How are we going to, like, you know, get to our dreams? You know, when you come from a city like Indianapolis, Indiana, man, just to be honest with you, it's, it's black, white, and that's it, you know? So yeah. uh, the majority of the people that are from our city, uh, they typically don't have a chance to leave our city, man. So, you know, for me, being a leader, being the person that I am, um, and being a, a communicator and connected, I felt like it was just up to me, man, just to explore the world and be able to, like, you know, tell my people, tell my homies what, what else is going on out there. You know, and uh, just pretty much uh, be like be like the the, the guy that that's gonna connect. You know, everything from point A to point B. That's just me, man. So um, Dennis elaborated on it slightly, man. But again, the the real story uh, for me, I think, since we're talking about hip hop and culture, mm-hmm. that's what drove me to get to the point to where I'm at right now um, in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear song lyrics, uh, I always say, it's like, you know, 
just being men of color, man, like hip hop cultures engulfed in us. We're we're there from the beginning. Without I know me being born in the late eighties, um, you know, I'm a product of it. You know, whatever whatever it is that my parents had to go through, man, uh they're pretty much storytellers. Mm-hmm. So all that was that was that was passed on down to me. So then, you know, as you grow up and you hear artists such as like, you know, Jay uh, you know, Ja Rule, uh, you know, Cash Money, No Limit, everything that we were listening to back then, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were depicting a, a certain lifestyle and Diddy and, and and Pac and Biggie, all those guys. They were they were telling you stories about these different lifestyles, uh, these different images that they were seeing. Uh, and and for me it was like, damn, like I can do that, I can be a part of that. Yeah, you know, like the the guys that that I looked up to always reference, uh, you know, Cash Money because, you know, what was that back in '99, man? What was that Chopper City in the ghetto? I'll never forget the Bling Bling video. Yeah, you know, you had the guys like, you know, with, with all of their own cars in the video, yep. their own money, the the big mansion, Manny Fresh hanging out the chopper. I'm like, damn, like. You know, we from the hood, but yo, these guys is—they're black and they have all of this, and I don't know what it is, but I kind of wanted to. It looks cool, and yeah. they were the only the only rap group on MTV at the time. You know what I mean? So it was just like, all right, what else? Like, what else do I have to do? And then I never forget when that uh, the thirty million dollar merger came in when they got the deal, and that was like breaking news. So we're talking about hip hop. And you're talking figures, and again, you're still pulling these guys from the project who look exactly like you mm-hmm. that are, you know, depicting a certain lifestyle. And you're like, damn, like, I want more. I'm young. You know, so you're seeing this. And uh, for me, I always had that in the back of my mind. Like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I'm educated. I can do this. I can do that. But I still want to turn things up a notch. You know, so I still had... You know, those dreams of, like, having, like, the, the the best cars, the best women, being able to travel and all that stuff. And then you get introduced to, like, you know, to, to Jay and Nas, and they're talking that same lingo, but now they're bossing up with it. You know, these guys are wearing suits with it now. Yeah. So, like, you know, instead of us going into the boardroom and, uh, you know, sitting down and, and, and listening to this, these are the guys who are in the boardroom negotiating. And they're the ones who's bringing in like the real money, and they're turning hip hop into this this big commercial powerhouse. And they're owning their own clothing, they're owning their own brands, their own record labels. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, cool. This is more my speed. Yeah. I can still live that cash money lifestyle, but still boss up like Jigger Man, and I can be a man in power and in control. And still be taken serious, um, you know, in my suit. Exactly. Because again, like I, I just wasn't this ordinary cat. You know, I used education as a as a as a resource that helped propel me to where I could like shift everything I learned back home in the city mm-hmm. into white America. You know, and still be able to like have certain conversations because you know, hell, still in 2016, man, not everybody's allowed to sit at the table. And, and hell, look at me, bro. I'm, you know, I, I got tattoo sleeves. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm this, I'm this NBA guy who graduated from a, a, a nice business school who was like, you stripped me out of my suit and tie. And hell, I look like everybody who is uh, shunned upon in the hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, it, it was all about being able to, you know, um, I have the best of both worlds, still being able to um, communicate in a certain code, in a certain dialect that people from my city, people from my hood um, understand, but still being able to carry out that same mes- message mm-hmm. and um, in a corporate setting, in a sense that was, you know, uh, enlightened those who are familiar with African-American code and culture. Yeah. Um, and still be able to uh, position ourselves to obtain what they have. Yeah, you know? without a doubt. And 
you know, just listening to you, man, is a word that you keep throwing out there, which I think is very, very important, uh, which is education. Um, and I would love, you know, for you to kind of veer into that, because from my understanding, mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, knowing you a little bit, you went to HBCU, right? Exactly, exactly. And you, uh, tennis, Tennessee State, am I, am I right? Tennessee State University. Man, yo, tell us about your experience there, because <laughs> I, I feel like this, bro. So check this out. Yo, coming yeah. out of Pike High School, I was like, yo, this HBCU move is a must. Just because um, I was like, man, like, I, I I see black excellence. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Now, it didn't happen for me that way. Uh, I ended up going to a PWI, went to Butler University. Um, true, true. But, I mean, I feel like. Me being me, who I am, I was still proud of my blackness and everything that I went through. I, I uh, embraced every opportunity and every experience. But when I, when I look at myself, my experiences, and I look at others who went to HBCUs, I'm like, y'all went and got made. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, so I'm going to break it down to you in a sense of, like, uh, all right, we're just going to throw it out there. You know what I mean? So, you're going through high school. Um, you can be that guy, or mm-hmm. within black terms, um, yo, you're that nigga. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But once you go to to well, once you experience um, an HBCU experience, pretty much every black male that you come in contact with has that same mindset, has that same ideology. So it's like, dang, like, all right, cool. I'm that nigga where I'm from. He's yeah. that nigga where he's from. What else is going to separate us? Mm-hmm. So that's when you start breaking it down in a sense like that. That's when you. That's when you become the complete package. Because it's like, all right, cool. Like we both know that we can get females. Uh, we both know that we have pool. We both know that people lust up, lust over us uh, physically and, and mentally. What else is going to help us get to the next tier? So now you're like, all right, cool. He has those attributes. I have those attributes. Mm-hmm. Let me get these grades. Yeah. <laughs> Let me join this organization. Let me do this. You know what I mean? So you keep adding on to your resume because it's pretty much a battle of who's really that nigga. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it pushes you to a point of where, like, uh, where you're finding out who you are a lot faster. Your confidence is being built at a much higher rate. And... This is one of the only times in life where you see other black men coming to yourself that are really achieving and pushing it, um, pushing themselves and giving maximum effort just to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Because you know, once you finish, once you finish school, it's, again, there's only so many of us that can sit at that table. You know what I mean? So it's just like at that point, it's all confidence. Yeah, you know. I have the I have the educational accolades. I have all that, but now I gotta use my you know use a certain vernacular, and I gotta challenge myself to be this slick guy. I gotta challenge myself to be like the next Denzel in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo hey, I'm telling you, bro. Like the HBCU um, experience is unmatched, man. Like yeah. I, I'm telling you, I became like I became a beast mm-hmm. because I had to. Yeah, survival of the fittest. You know what I mean. Uh, the difference between a Butler and a Tennessee State University is Butler financial. Uh, you know, financial aid comes. You want to apply for school, you're getting that money that same day. Yeah, you go to TSU, you apply for financial aid. That money, that money may not come in. Jeez. So now you got to figure out how you going to stay in class. Are you gonna, how you going to pay for these classes that you need to graduate? Yeah. So yeah, also your your way of thinking, your plan, and everything is shifted, you know. So HBCU experience, man. Outside of that aspect, um, yo, again, unmatched. Uh, the best talent pool of uh, you know uh, of just people, man. Some of the coolest people you ever meet, and uh, alumni life is probably the best thing ever, simply yeah. because um, you share those experiences, man. Nothing ties it. Man, that's that's that is what's up, and I'm glad to hear that because I feel like a lot of young people um, have a mis- misconception or you know uh, a missed message when it comes to HBCUs. I'm glad that I have people 
that actually, you know, told me the real, told me about their experiences. You know, my aunt went to Howard um, and, and told me about the experience. I got the experience to actually go visit and actually see some of the things that was going on on these campuses. And I was like, man, this is what's up. Um, yep. Now, getting back to, you know, you being a Tennessee state, man, were you uh-huh. uh, already kind of, you know, implementing that leadership that you had or your style or just the dreams that you had already on campus as you stepped in, or how did that go about? All right, so, um, I mean, you knew me from high school. We knew of each other from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being, just being back home and going back to the whole DJ spill, um, you know, I, I carried over that confidence from just being able to be that guy who threw events, who DJed all the high school parties and all those events, you know, and just having my name out there mm-hmm. uh, from from hell, even like the MySpace and like the initial Facebook days. Sheesh. You know what I mean? So I'm carrying that confidence like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going down to Nashville, but in Indiana, hell, I'm known. You know what I mean? Like my yeah. name carries weight. So when I got to Nashville, like that, that transition was easy. It was more so like, all right, cool. I'm not a normal guy. I'm not about to sit here and, and um, and, carrying myself as, as if I'm normal. You know, I see guys wearing suits and shit on campus. Hell, I can dress like these guys. Yeah. Not knowing that these are members of Cap Alpha Psi, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to the noobs. So uh, I'm mimicking these guys. So I'm like, damn, like, all the girls are, like, screaming and, like, doing whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. These niggas, they just look fly as hell. And I'm like, all right, cool. I can see myself vibing with these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Uh, that transition into that, um, you know, I became a member of Cap Alpha Psi, and then uh, hell, student government. Mm-hmm. That was like the game changer for me. I was never like this political guy. I never, um, I never, I never wanted to be that. Mm-hmm. But it was something intriguing in it. I was like, first off, these cats got their own office. You know what I mean? Like. They're celebrating their own little ride around campus, and they're making um, executive decisions. Yeah. So for me, um, for me, everything was all about just bossing up. Mm-hmm. And yo, I'm gonna shout out my boy Dwayne Chambers and everybody back uh, to to like my Westbourne days. Like that was the street we grew up on um, as, as a kid. Um, they used to call me Diddy. You know what I mean? This was back in, like, 96. This was at 96, like, 96, 97, 98. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, that can't hold me down. That's when Lil' Kim, Biggie, and, and did it. That was, man, the whole bad boy era was, like, on on point. Yeah. And even when I was a youngin', they'd be like, yo, like, when Sean makes up his mind and he stays with it, he doesn't switch up, you can't convince him to do other words. You know what I mean? So I always carried that mindset, and I said, damn, I've never thought about anything in politics, but the people that I look up to right now, they're all political figures in their own right, whether it's dealing with hip-hop and culture, mainstream culture, mainstream hip-hop, anything in that sense. So I'm like, all right, cool. If these cats are around the power players, let me be around the power players. So ran for, like, a student government position, got it, had my own team. Mm -hmm. Um, Yo, and I was around amazing people, man. And for me, again, going back to bossing up, um, that was bossing up at its finest. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I had my my, my frat brother was uh, uh, the, the student government president. The other one was the student government vice president. And I was over student elections. So we had that shit on lock, man. Um, so, yo, college is good to me, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell them, I'm like, yo, like, even if you don't want to go to school, Bro, there's so many women. At least go to see if you like it for that reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. See, see if you can at least catch a vibe on campus. You know, I, and and if, you know what? It, and I agree with you on that because, I mean, me personally in high school, like, I, I just, I wasn't the best student. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. I had the leadership qualities or you know what I'm saying? Or I knew how to talk to people, but my grades True. weren't the best. Um, 
But I remember, like, I was like, yo, if I want to make it, let me, let me go ahead and step out here. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of like you, you know what I'm saying, looking up to the guys in uh, hip-hop. You know, I was dang near raised by, by you know, hip-hop influence and all of that. So I'm just like, let me go out here, learn how to network. Let me let me learn how to talk to people, you know what I mean? And I look at me, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing now, right. you know? So, I mean, even though school took a little longer for, for me, I didn't realize how much I liked it till later. And I realized that I liked it because I got to network with different people who came from different backgrounds, who had different aspirations. And I'm like, yo, I need to go ahead and start talking to this guy or talking to that girl because this is the lane that they going to be in. That, that'd be somebody that I want to reach out in the future if I got a project. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, from my experience, that's what made me want to go to school, you know. But you're right. You know, just find that reason that, that'll keep you focused, man. Just keep you in the in the mix. Got to find something, man. And, again, like you said, going back to high school, I wasn't the best student at all. But I knew that if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to get or achieve the ultimate dream of mine, you know what I mean? Like, there were certain things that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you find ways to substitute, uh, you know, for your mishap. So with me, I'm not the best test taker. I'm not the best studier. Mm-hmm. So I find ways. I put myself in environments that are going to calm me down and where I can achieve, uh, you know, good, good study skills or whatever. So you just got to find ways, man, just to do it. Anything can be done. Anytime a nigga tells you that they can't do anything mm-hmm. or they use like time or whatever, any other variable, as an excuse, yo, go ahead and cut them out, man. Because, yo, again, we all got the same amount of time. We all got the same hours. And if you really want something, then you'll find any type of way to get it done. Like, no excuses, man. That's, that's very real. That's very real. Which brings me to the point of you DJing, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. As you, you touched on it, you know, uh, you and a group of other guys were really known for y'all DJing. Uh, skills and dropping the mixtapes back in high school. Uh, back in the day, Indie Flies DJs. <laughs> Indie Flies DJs, because I remember <laughs> Big Bro Cal Riley, you know, was was part of the crew and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you keeping that skill, man, I, I feel like you always kept that skill in the pocket just to bring it out whenever you True. needed it, you know what I mean? Right, um, right. How did that, like, help you end up in Miami? Because I remember you was in Indy, you know, through a few events, which were really dope. I feel like y'all changed uh-huh. the culture of Indianapolis as well. Um, how did that just kind of guide you to get to Miami and even be part of a event like the Art Basel? Um, you know what I'm saying? And, well, and all of that. 100% true. Yeah. I ended up on. in Miami because of music. Mm. Uh, music and culture, man. I was in the middle of uh, finishing up my my, uh, my MBA, uh-huh. and I just remember being back in Indiana like, yo, this can't be life, bro. It's cold as hell. <laughs> Ain't nobody doing shit. It's a Saturday night. I'm 24, 25 years old. Like, yo, I cannot be in the house, man. And I think I was watching... Uh, I, don't know, I, was, I, had a bit, I was watching something on TV, and I just remember seeing chicks... Good weather and people having fun. Yeah. And they were in Miami. And I'm like, yo, I got to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> so I was thinking of any type of reason to uh, just to, to move to Miami. Yeah. Um, and I found Scratch DJ Academy. Uh-huh. So Scratch DJ Academy came at the right time in my life um, simply because, you know, for me, it's all about challenging myself to get to that next year. Um, you know, what what can I do to make myself better? How can I add to the resume? How can I add to the repertoire? And I say, yo, I'm good at DJing. I like what I'm doing. But I'm looking up to guys like A-Track, like Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. yeah. You know, all these different DJs. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, there's so much more advanced than me. What if I could, what if I could turn this into a career mm-hmm. and just go full throttle? Um and I, I do. I had to like, I had to boss up, and I had to make an executive decision. Yeah. Um. So, I got a one way flight. I'll never forget. I told my people, I was like, "Yo, I'm moving to Miami next week." Mm. And they're like, "What?" I'm wow. like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm out." 
<laughs> so I like packed up everything. I, I shipped my car down to Miami. Mind you, I had only been to Miami one time during uh, during uh, spring break uh-huh. in college. Yeah. So that was like my only experience. I was on South Beach, and that was it. I didn't know shit about the city. I didn't know how it was zoned out. Where you know, one minute, one minute you're in Little Haiti. The next minute, you're in Little Havana. I didn't know about any of this shit. <laughs> uh, I got off the flight. My homegirl picked me up in my car. I dropped everything off, and I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, now I'm living in this studio apartment mm-hmm. with one of my homies from college, sleeping on the floor. All I got is my bag, my car, my turntables. Uh, let's make it Let's make it work. Yeah. Also, um you know, we kind of had like the Rise of the Riches story where uh, Scratch DJ Academy in Miami and Wynwood really became my home. Mm-hmm. Um, I would wake up. I didn't have no job. I didn't have shit, bro. I would wake up in the morning. I remember Scratch opened at 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'll be at, I'll be on the steps at like 10.30 in the morning. I would stay in there from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Mm. And all I it. did was DJ. That's all I did. I just played music. Had to and, get uh, it. That was the best thing ever, man. Because I found guys that weren't in this corporate shadow that I had just escaped. They didn't give a fuck about any of that. They just wanted to live through the music. They yeah. were like straight up musicians. Um, and from that moment, that's when I, you know, improved on my set list from the way that I analyze music to just like, uh, you know, music history and culture and knowing like the, um, the foundation, whether it came from another country or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was exposed, man. And exposure is the most important thing to life. Like there's no possible way that you can achieve something if you, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't been shown it by a specific person, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, and for on, me, it was just on but, that point. Not to interrupt you, I can tell yeah. that you have been because I remember you dropped the tape when you uh-huh. and, and I heard the music. I was like, "Yo, like he's playing like music like from the UK, like house True. house music." I was like, "Yo, like and us being from indie, like people don't know nothing about that." You know what I'm Not saying? All, I was like, he out here playing some M and E K. You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> I was like, he got skept on his joint. I was like, yo, like, but see that that's what I was around, man. Like, I'm around cats. You got to think when you're from when you're in the middle of the map and when you're in Indiana, mm-hmm. that's what you're around. That's your culture. Yeah. While I'm in Miami, I'm around guys that are from Jamaica, Colombia, Peru, Venezuela, like. Everything. Yeah. UK. So, like, I, I have to take in all this music. And that's what brings me peace. You know what I mean? Because music is the universal language of the world. Yeah. So one thing that communi- that connects every single person. So um, with language, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's different barriers to that shit. You may not understand it, so there's nothing that you can really do. Mm-hmm. With music, you may not understand the words, but... The feeling of it is what unites everybody. You know what I mean? The pulse. So, like, I would have, uh, I would just have, like, DJ showcases and, and, and DJ talks. And I would have, like, an entire crew of dudes who I could, like, really reach out to. Whereas, like, back in the, back at home, man, like, the DJ community, it's, it's fucked up in a sense. Because we're still living in a world where no one's actually popped. Mm-hmm. From that area, so you know it's we're we're climbing on each other's backs, trying to be that first person to make it. So, in a sense, you lose you lose track of the entire brotherhood of the hobby or the sport of DJing. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be one big community, but you have so much rift and, and turmoil where it's like, man, I don't even want to fuck with it. Yeah, there's only so many cats that can play at the clubs back home. It's only what it's only like four four major clubs. Mm-hmm. And and getting a black DJ to even get into those clubs is problematic in itself, yeah. just because of you know race relations and everything else going on back home. So for me, it's like, damn, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my homies, I'm looking at my friends like that a DJ struggle through that shit, and I'm just like, 
why the fuck do I even want to put myself in that position? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to gain from it, big picture wise? You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, let me, let me, let me go to a place where it's a crazy music hub. I can get any and everything that I want. Um, I can find vinyl. I can find, I can find all different types of shit. And I have access to some of the dopest musicians, period, hands down. So let me be, let me be over here and let me catch this vibe, man. Man, that's 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 real, man. That's beautiful because, like, and it's crazy that we talk about back home, man. And because I feel like even us just moving away and just still, you know, looking on the inside and and being from there, it's like we see the problem, um, right? But we've been seeing the pro the, the problem since we've been in there. Uh, but it's dope that there are people that are finally like you know trying to change the culture. Actually, I'm, I'm not even going to say trying. They're, they are changing the they culture. They are. They are, for uh, sure. And, it, and it's dope. And it's dope. I mean, I feel like going back home now is is, is a different feeling. Uh, and it feels good because there are more things to do. There are more places to eat. There are more uh, music events going on. There's more artists out there. So I think it, I think it's really dope. Um, Facts. But at the same time, man, like, since we're, we're here, we're, talk, we're having this combo and we're talking big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, just just the way in which I look at it from being a black male, like what what are we doing to push the culture that's going to create more opportunity for us as mm-hmm. black people to be entertained within the city? That because you you know how you know how messed up that shit is, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And what's crazy is is that. I feel like there was a huge division. Me myself being there, uh, mm-hmm. I I used to bump a lot of um, music from Europe. You know, what I'm saying UK influence, just because I, I was born and raised in Europe before I, I moved right, to the states, right. and I listened to a lot of African music because I'm a Ghanaian as well. And I used to try to put people on or be like, "Yo, it's a." a a reggae spot, you know what I'm saying? They play dope music. Come, come check it out. But people would just not do it, you know what I'm saying? And it was black folks. And I'm like, yo, what, right. y'all, what y'all scared of? You know what I'm saying? Even like your people. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> they not bumping Boosie or your, your Gotti in there so you don't feel comfortable? Or, you know what I'm saying, they get down a little different so you don't want to get comfortable? Like, I was trying my best to kind of be that that connector of cultures because but that's the that's it's the weirdest shit man like it's so hard like how you were just saying like it's so hard to get black people and white people in the same venue man, and to have them interact with them is like pulling teeth yeah, and man. i'm just like yo how like yeah. you want to progress in the world like you're gonna have to be around these people. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, a, I mean, why, why not? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because why not? I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, what you what you losing? What are you losing, bro? What are you losing? And the thing is, is like, man, people feel like I, I mean, me personally, with my experience with you know being African, growing up in Europe, uh, adapting to the U, uh, the the American culture, loving hip hop in um, Indiana, in Indiana, bro. <laughs> and going to a, P, a PWI, I'm like, yo, I I had to learn from each pocket, man. I had to because I was like, I know where I'm trying to get to. I know how right. I'm trying to maneuver. Just like you talking about being able to be in that room and, and call the shots. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be that same person. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to this media stuff or when it comes to me wanting to interview so-and-so, I want to be that guy that, they hit up and I can show up in a suit and sneakers on. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Exactly. I don't even want to wear a suit. You know what I mean? I, I may just throw on some G Star jeans. How about that? You know what I mean? So I, I, I might I might throw on whatever and just be like being able to just talk that talk. You feel me? Uh, and, and for people, whatever race or uh, culture, to be able to understand me and where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to do. Uh, that that's my goal, and I see that's your goal too. And I feel like, man, just us going where we going, uh, other cats will definitely, you know, begin to get on board if they haven't already. I got a question for you. We got to flip the interview. Oh, okay. What's up? <laughs> What's <Hey>. good? <laughs> What's if good, you bro? Choose one album 
be the soundtrack of your entire journey so far. What is it? Ooh, man, that's, you know what? Man, that's tough. Um, Give me that one that one power album that's just one, like, that damn. One, you know, I when would, you wake up that, that I got to get it. Give me give me three of them. It doesn't even have to be one. Give me three albums. What is the go-to album that helped power your day? Like, for me, I'll, I'll go ahead and break mine down. Yeah, go ahead, the bro. The first album, I'm going with, I'm going with Carter 2, bro. Okay. Because Money on My Mind, that intro, I don't know, it just does something, bro. It's just like, all right, cool. Like, I'm up, I'm out, I got to go get it. Number two. I'm going to have to go with Reasonable Doubt. It's like the ultimate, like, hustler's soundtrack. Yeah. But, like, the modern-day go-getter. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's theme song music. Mm-hmm. Three, I'm going to have to go back to Jay. Okay. Um, American Gangster, bro. American, American Gangster. Gangster to me is probably one that, of That Jay's joint was fat, most... man. It, it, it was like, it gave you that whole mob ties feeling, bro. Yo, ridiculous, Jeez. right? And you know the executive producer was Diddy. And you know what? He's yo, he's <laughs> one of the most underrated guys when it comes to. He, don't get me wrong; he's respected, but underrated. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Definitely I feel underrated. like him, him, and Dame Dash are like geniuses, bro. Geniuses. Dame suffers from not being able to articulate his thoughts. Very true. That's Dame's, that's Dame's only problem. He has a little bit of Kanye in him. Yeah, and it yeah. makes sense as to why he vouched for Kanye, man, <laughs> during the whole breakup. Yeah, man, yeah, straight up. Straight up. But, man, <laughs> these guys are geniuses. Um, but I'm going to touch on my albums. Um, give, me, give me three. Get, I'm going to give you three. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, that that storyline, man, is, is dope. I feel like the way everything flowed and, and the skits and everything, it was just like a kid trying to find his way um, in a city full of everything, man. He he was just trying to, it's almost like you pick and choose your poison. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that True. was kind of my story, uh, moving to the States and being like introduced to everything, you know, living in, in the, in the places that we lived that, uh, you know, rolling with the guys that I did, uh, everything was just brand new. Um, just that exposure. Definitely say reasonable doubt as well. Uh, just that whole hustler mentality, uh, like you said. And then Illmatic by Nas. Ooh. Yes. Illmatic was. I mean, I, dude, it, it blew my mind, man. Just because. Just I've always been a kid. When I first moved here, I was like, I, I want to live in New York. You know what I'm saying? And there was no other better introduction for me than Illmatic, uh, the way Nas spit. Like, every time I listen to it, I, I can picture my guy, like, just sitting in a stairwell uh, of, you know what I'm saying, the projects, just rapping in there, you know what I'm saying, a whole bunch of cats uh-huh. in the hallway, just mad gritty. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? So, hey, hey, you know what was so ill about that entire project? What? My man, was, he was a young boy. Oh, like, yeah. He was a young boy spitting at him. I'm like, God damn. Like, Straight general, man. Nas is general. So I mean, yeah, bro. Like, just like you said, and I'm glad that we touched on this point. I appreciate you asking me that question. Of is that course. music definitely moves a lot of people. Even, I feel like with me, with music, uh, even help me with some career choices, man. Of course. Uh, like, even the way I want to dress, you know what I'm saying? The way I might want to step into a room, like, it, it, it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, like, right now, I'm listening to Childish Gambino's album. And, uh, okay, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask you a question about that. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel about that. Like, what, what vibe are you getting? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting more so like a, like a Bootsy Collins, like, like, like it, it's so funked out, dude. That that's crazy. That's bro. the that's the word that I was gonna say for it. Is it's just funky. It's funky. I mean, I feel like, bro, like you could go and, and kick it with a seventy five year old play that, and, and they they like, right. yo, I can feel this. It, it it will give them like a nostalgic, 
you know what I'm saying, feeling. I, I like I like Childish a lot. Um, he's done well. Uh, another project that I like was Drums, uh, Big Baby Drums uh, project. I, fe- I felt like that okay. was really dope. Um, it's just a whole different sound, man. It, it, it's almost like a, a hipster uh, type of type of sound. I like it a lot. Um, He's definitely putting on for like the uh, for like the whole DMV DMV area. Yeah, definitely. I like uh, another guy that I like is Gold Link. Okay. My gosh, Gold Link is that dude, man. Gold Link has bars, man. <laughs> he he's legit, man. I. I He's definitely doing the DMV a, a, a big favor, man. He's doing them proud. I, I like I like what he's doing. Um, but what about you, man? What's what's other music that you've been you know spinning, uh, you know, out here that that you okay. like? You know, cats need to get on. Yeah, I'm gonna be all the way real with you. Uh-huh. Um, so, dude, I haven't been inspired by like anything new, really. Um, I'm. I honestly feel like a lot of the music I'm spinning right now are like reworks. Um, a lot of like golden age hip hop, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Camp Low. Oh Black my gosh. Star, uh, a lot of that, a lot of future sounds. Oh my gosh, bro. You done brought oh, just back memories, right now, bro. You done <laughs> Camp Low? Can't blow yeah, up. Say, bro, Can't the, blow the, up. The day, the day that I get my first mail, I'm mm-hmm. playing Lucini. Like bro. Lucini definitely the, that's the soundtrack. For My it. gosh, dude. That's crazy. Lucini Yo, is the cut. Lucini's fucking classic. Man. That, yeah, definitely. Definitely without a doubt. Man, and you talking about Can't Blow, it just made me think about someone that if I name him, I know you, you done bumped him a few times. Big L. Of course, man. My favorite track, bro. My favorite (laughs) track that gets me like going is the heist. Yo, (laughs) the heist was like featured on. uh, I I want to say like season three of like Entourage, man. Entourage, like that. So you talking about how you get pumped before you go into like a job interview or like music direction where you want to go? Yeah. Before any job interview, I gotta watch like a five-minute YouTube clip of Ari Gold going crazy on on Entourage, and I also got to put on, like, some, some Camp Low mm-hmm. or anything, like, 90s hip-hop-wise. That's what gets you going, man. That's that's what's up, dude. I, I feel like I don't found my brother, man. Like, <laughs> seriously, because there isn't that many cats. Like, in Indy, I probably have maybe five, five or six cats that I could sit down and talk about AZ. DMX, you know, Prodigy, Method Man, right, just all them right, cats. Because right. we, we had older cousins. Nori. Yeah, Nori. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> like, we had older cousins and older brothers that put us on that music to where we just appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, we listened to the old Cash Money, uh, sometimes the old Master P, so on all and so that, forth. I, I mean, even to movies, man, like. Yo, like that helps shape us, man. Like that's that's who we are. We are a product of that. Where we get our entrepreneurial, uh, you know, desires and gifts from is from watching these cats, you know, go from the projects to being in Forbes every year. You know what I mean? Like man. we came up in that straight straight up, bro. Now, <laughs> like we saw this shit happen. I, we watched Master P come on, go bro. from. The ice cream man to to multi million dollar guy right now. And, Who watched Jay Z go from the hustler to being one of the most un, you know uh, freaking I don't know man. Jay's like larger <laughs> than life right now, bro. I mean like, those, those those guys, man, um, helped me um, get rid of a, a lot of barriers. Um, Coming from where we come from, a lot of times you don't see people doing more than one thing. And if you do speak about doing more than one thing, people try to label you as, you don't know what you want to do with your life. Or you crazy. You confused. It's like, what? No. Dog, I I, want to be a journalist. I want to be a host. 
I want to be a professor. Bro, I want to have a class where I teach on, on hip-hop culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's I wanna... crazy. You know, I always say I'll, I almost went, went back to get my doctorate so that I could teach hip-hop culture and religion. I think it's fucked up that you have schools like Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Berkeley. Like, you got all these, like, these major white schools. Mm-hmm. And they're the only they're the only institutions where you can get a, a degree or take courses on African American and hip hop culture. I know, right? But they don't they don't they don't offer this shit within historically black colleges and universities. So then you have these 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 kids. No, and trust me, there's nothing wrong with it. Take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Hip hop culture is one of the most amazing cultures, hands down. But at the same time, man, you're giving people the opportunity to rewrite history. You have yeah. you have kids that are going to these schools, getting jobs jobs at like Complex Magazine, Bruh. Vogue, and you know uh, Rolling Stone and shit like that, and they're doing like the top 100 albums of the the past you know decade and shit like that. And you're fucking putting Danny Brown at like number three. Yeah, like- and I'm like, how the fuck is Danny Brown at number three? You're like. Come on, man! You're missing so much, so much more music. Exactly. And then our kids, when they look back on it, they're gonna be like, "Damn, Dad, you were <laughs> listening to Danny Brown like that." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> nah, bro, like, nah, not wasn't. a chance. Nah, that wasn't. Nah, man. And, and you so right, so man. Because one person, <laughs> one person, bro, that that I saw, man, I listened to uh, some of his YouTube videos and interview is uh, is Young Guru. Uh, the audio right. engineer, really close course, to, to Jay-Z. You know, he's talking about how he's teaching, you know, these cats about hip-hop and, and all of that. I'm like, yo, I grew, hip-hop raised me other than my parents. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like I have some knowledge to share. You know what I'm saying? A lot of no- knowledge to share. And you're right, man. I feel like we need more black men in those positions like at complex or hype beast or tom magazine uh uh xxl so on and so forth to to even write you know what i'm saying or create content that will move the hip-hop culture forward uh or just the black culture forward period you know what i'm saying and not just for black people but for everybody else to to adore it like we do exactly you know but Sean, I, I want to ask you, you know, your top five because that, that's what I do every single time. Oh, with, man. With, but, but check this out, though. I'm going to put a twist on it since we talked about hip hop. We, we, we talked about music. Uh huh. Now, I'm going to ask you what are your top five movies that have influenced <laughs> you? Yeah. Top five oh. movies. Wow. Top five movies. Uh, higher Learning. Oh, gotta dope. go with Higher Learning. Um, shit, yo, this is crazy, man. Um, Streets is watching. Wow, classic. Yeah, of course. Um, Catch me if you can. <laughs> That's crazy, Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, what I got? I got two more. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta go with a hood classic. I'm gonna go with Belly. Belly, man. Um, top five, top five, top five. I got one more. Yeah, one more. Yo, it doesn't have to be like a motion picture, right? Um, actually, bro, it doesn't have to be. Yo, this is like real left, but uh, like Runaway, bro. Runaway. I know it was a short Runaway. Yeah, 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 man. definitely, definitely. Hey, you know what? That was very um, inspirational. Very yo, inspirational. Super inspirational, bro. Um, in a sense where I, <laughs> so it's funny as hell. So going back to college, man, I remember mm-hmm. I had the platform of uh, putting together the, the Mr. T issue or Miss T issue pageant. Mm-hmm. And I had the opening score, like I had control over over all that shit. Mm-hmm. I was real cool with 
this chick who was in orchestra, you know, for the university. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I need like ballerina dancers. I need an orchestra. I need all this shit. We're going to reenact Kanye's runaway. Hmm. And I want like the whole symphony feel. I want like, I want everybody to just be like beautiful and enjoy this damn music. And I want it to look exactly like the, the, the runaway, like short film. Yeah. And yo, it came out perfect, bro. Like it was the most amazing shit ever. And I'm like, God damn, like, yo, Kanye's genius, bro. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like I, I, that's a whole nother story. Next time, the next next yeah. podcast. Next next we podcast, we're gonna have to do a, a part two for sure. But <laughs> part hey, two, man. but hey, I, I want you to just kind of leave uh, words of wisdom, man, to the youngins um, out here who want to be moguls. You know what I'm saying? Moguls. Um, yeah, okay. who want to be moguls? Because I feel you're on your way. You know what I mean? So might as well d- drop some gems. Yo. um... Do whatever it is that you want to do. If somebody tells you that you're crazy, somebody thinks that whatever it is that you want to do is stupid, don't listen to them. Just do whatever's in your heart, man. Um, the one thing about life is like you, you can't predict any of this shit. You might think that you're on your way, and something crazy might happen, um, and you'll be back to square one. So, like, with life... Find whatever it is that makes you happy and stick with it. All right, don't do anything for money because the money's going to come if you're having fun. Yeah. If you're not having fun, then you're going to be on your way to a lonely-ass life, man. So um, find whatever it is that makes you happy, man. Stick to it. Stay true to yourself. Don't let anybody else influence you in a way that's going to be detrimental uh, to, you know, to you. You as a person, um, yo, enjoy this shit, man, because we don't know when it's going to end. Man. Tomorrow might be the last day, man, so uh, just live every day like it's your last and have fun. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Enjoy. Celebrate some damn wins, man. <laughs> the, hey, that that's the advice you gave me the other day, so <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> enjoy the process. Well, guys... Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 with Dennis Botang and my guest, Sean Motley, man. Uh, yes, sir. And y'all got to go ahead and, and congratulate him as the new uh, brand manager of Saxon Fifth down in Miami, doing big things. Bro, go ahead and tell them, like, your uh, social media handles, uh, where they can find you and everything, man, so people can support your movement. All right, for sure. Yo, uh, catch me on Instagram. At uh, Motley's Way. That's my DJ name. And then on Snapchat, you can follow me at Swank Chappelle. So, yeah, man, that's where you can catch me on social media. Um, and, yo, we're going to kill it, man. 2017 is coming up. Shout out to my boy Dennis, man. Top five. This shit's about to be bigger and better. And, yo, congrats to you, my brother. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I, I, I just <laughs> been, I've been hungry, man. I've been hungry and, and mid. Hey, I'm just trying to take it to the top, man. I, I, I had a conversation, man. I told, I told my pops, I was like, "Yo, pops, I, I want our last name to be a household name, you know." So that's what I'm grinding for. That that's what Let's I'm going get it, bro. For. Always, you already know. Hey, man, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure y'all follow him. This guy's got it. All right. Um, make sure you uh, subscribe to Top Five Podcasts on iTunes. Also follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in once again. Peace. Top five, no debating. Top five, top five, top five.